Okay. Now it's time. We all, I think we all know Mick Kennish and his wife Lynn, and Mick's going to bring your message this morning, so let's greet him in the way that we can. Good morning, church. I love coming back here. It's like coming home. It's like coming home. Got a Bible this morning. Love you. Look at the book of Matthew. We're going to flick through a bit of Matthew, but I just want to touch on some things this morning. Matthew 21. Been reading over again and over again about Easter. Now, I know Easter's come and gone according to the calendar. In our lives, Easter ought to be an everyday thing. And I'm touching some things here, and then I want to get to the thing that I really want to speak about this morning, about a mountain to climb. The very first song we sang this morning, and I couldn't believe the song service. We ever picked the song services right in the spirit of the thing. I'll tell you that, what's on my heart this morning. Whoever picked the song service, it is so right. You picked the song service? Man, you're in God's, you're listening to God. That's all I've got to say. You're listening to God. Okay, you've got Matthew 21. I just want to touch on some highlights here and we'll get where we're going to go. It talks about Palm Sunday and Jesus coming to Jerusalem. He comes to the heart of the nation. He comes to the heart of the nation, but he doesn't come on a white horse like a king. He doesn't come on a great war horse like a warrior. Instead, he comes on a donkey as a servant. This is the first time he's come to Jerusalem, really. Now, now he has a recognised ministry, if you like. It's the first time he's come back to Jerusalem. Everyone said, who is this dude? Isn't this the carpenter's boy? But something's happened. Something's happened here. And it says, and, it says, and great multitudes spread out their clothes on the ground, branches from trees, and the multitude went before him, and all who followed him cried out, Hosanna, to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna, in the highest. And then verse 10, it said, And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. I want you to notice that. It's not saying the believers were moved. It's saying all the city was moved. All the city was moved. See, when that word there, Hosanna, I was looking at that this week. You know what that word Hosanna means? Save now. Now look at the Hebrew, it says, save now. These people who didn't even know Jesus, had never heard of Jesus, had just, oh, this is the prophet guy that's getting around healing people. When he comes to town, something rises up in the spirit of that city and says, son of David, save us now. Something's changing in the spirit realm and, and it's saying, son of David, save us now. They recognize that Jesus is Lord. Sonny, Lord can save. Save us now, Lord. Save us now. What moves a city towards God? What's going to move Logan City towards God? What's going to move us closer to the Lord? Will Jesus talk about it? All through Matthew to the end, which we're going to quickly paraphrase this morning, in verse 12 it talks he came and he drove out the money changers. Sometimes if we're going to embrace something fresh that God's going to do, we've got to get some things out. The status quo, the, the norm won't, won't take us where God wants us to go. Sometimes we've got to get, get quite aggressive and drive some things out of our lives. Prayer, fasting. It's time to be aggressive about our lifestyles and, and choices because God wants to take us as a people somewhere fresh. 
Hello, if you don't believe that, you're in the wrong place today. God wants to take us somewhere fresh. We don't want to do the things we've always done. We want to be going somewhere fresh. And Jesus goes on and he talks about a wedding feast where some weren't willing to come. He talks about a fig tree that had no fruit. He talks about the wise and foolish virgins all in this short day, seven days between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. In the maze and all the things he talked about about the kingdom, every one of them had a choice. Every one of them had a choice. The wise and foolish virgins, are you ready or not? The wine dressers, are, are you obedient or are you not? And it's a challenge. And, and all, and all in, the, in, the, in the few short days between, between Jesus coming on the donkey and everyone thought he's great and, and seven days later the saying crucify him, what happened? The wise and foolish virgins, in, in verse 25, it talks about, and it says these few words, and I shared this last Sunday at our, at our church, and it said, they trimmed their lamps. I shared this story, and, 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 I, and I feel to share it again this morning. I said, a couple of weeks ago, I work night shift, so I, I normally start at 11.30 p.m., permanent night shift I work, um, and, um, and my wife works day shift, so it's like ships in the night. And so I thought, oh, we've, we've really, really just been busy. And so I thought, I would make a romantic dinner. Now, all you blokes, this is not giving you a, a dig in the ribs, okay? And your wife is not to dig you in the ribs either. I just, I just thought I'd be clear about that because when I thought, shared this at our church, all the wives are going, hang on, settle down. So I cooked this lovely curry dinner and, and we had salad, we had fresh ice cream and fresh raspberries and... And, um, and I had candles on the table and when Lynn came home from work, she had a shower and she came out and all the dinner was ready to go. And I put these candles on the table and it's not about the food and it's not about the romantic intent. It's about the candles on the table. I want to tell this story. And I hadn't used these candles before and I put them on the table and I lit them and they smoked and they spitted and we had waxed curry And it was the biggest disappointment of my life. I thought I had all these best intentions, but it was not to be. And I was waiting on God about my message on for last Sunday, and God said, said, trim the lamps. So I thought I'll go away and I'll get a book, and, and I'll talk about trimming the lamps. And it talks about they get a candle, and they get this, they used to have this special curved knife, and they go around, and they cut off all the dead wax, and they clean the wick, That's what the servants used to do in the early days before electricity. And I started to understand again what God was talking about here when he told the virgins to trim the lamps. I'm not talking about whether you're wise or foolish. It's gone past that now. It's talking about those that are left, trim your lamps. A decision. What are you going to do about getting your life right so it burns bright? When they're trimmed, they burn bright. You know, that, that's all through, all through Matthew 21 going towards when Jesus goes up to heaven, it says it talks about trimming off the old. It talks about life. It talks about dealing with dead stuff. It talks about being obedient. And, and God's taken us somewhere, you know. It, it goes on, he talks about the story, the story of the talents. They didn't want to use what they got. They didn't want to use what they got. And that's all the story of the talents is that you're going to be obedient and use what you've got. He goes on, he talks about communion. He said, drink all of you. And why would you say that to the disciples? Here's these guys he's walked around with for a number of years now. And he says to them, drink all of you. Some of them didn't want to partake. Think about that for a minute. 
All the disciples were there, but he had to say, well, come on, all of you, all of you then, not some of you. Isn't that an amazing thought that Jesus had to, to, to almost prod the disciples to partake? Because they didn't want to be part of it because he said, this is my body. They didn't want to be part of that. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We like this Jesus that heals people and walks on water and does all this other. We don't want to be part of this crucifixion thing. They didn't want to. So he had to prod them. Come on, all of you, all of you, all of you, drink all of you. All have to come to the table and drink. I thought about that. Some of us must be holding back and don't want to be part of what God's doing. Otherwise, you wouldn't keep saying all of you. All of you. All of you. See, Matthew 28, now Jesus is risen. The women were told first by the angel. Now, I'm not going to make any spiritual doctrine about this, but it's always the women that seem to get it first in God. Well, the blokes give me a frown now. I'm telling you, I don't know whether the women are more switched on and blokes are full of life, but women just seem to get it first. My wife says to me, and I do listen to my wife, just so you all get that right, occasionally. Come on, some of us like the rest of us. I've said that before here. And my wife says, so and so and so and so and so and so. I said, oh, you think so? She said, yeah. So I ring him up and, and sure enough, my wife's right and I'm wrong. I'm not going to say any more. Some of us are like the rest of us. Anyway, so the, the women hear that Jesus is risen. They go and tell the blokes in some of the other Gospels, not Matthew, and the blokes don't believe them. You, hang on. Husbands, your wife tells you things. Oh, get out of here. That's not like, he's not like that. They're not like that. That's not really happening. No, okay. And the men didn't believe them. And had to see. One of them said, oh, unless I see the nail holes, I won't believe. See? There's a whole lot of decisions. Decisions. What are you going to believe? What are you going to do? How obedient are you going to be? All this in seven days. Seven days. And after all these things, after Palm Sundays come, after Good Fridays come, after Jesus has risen from the dead, in verse 16, in verse 16 it says, of Matthew, it says, then the disciples, then the disciples went to Galilee. The disciples go to Galilee. Go with me to Matthew 28 now. We laid a bit of background here. Matthew 28, verse 17, verse 16, we'll read from there. Then the eleven went away to Galilee. Of course, Judas is long gone now. To the mountain which God had appointed for them. Ever read that before? Every single person sitting here today, God has appointed a mountain for you. Even Jesus had to climb a mountain. Golgotha. Think about this. He didn't want to do it either because he said to the Father, if it's possible, take this away from me. All of us have mountains that come to our lives that God says we've got to climb. He's, he's, he's told the disciples, hey, are you going to use your talents to serve me? He's told the disciples, are you ready when I'm coming back? The wedding feast. He said, are you, are, have you got the right things around your life? Are you dressed right? He, and and for, for, for almost a couple of weeks now, he's challenging them about going to the next level. He's challenging them about leaving the past behind, the songs we sang today. He, he's challenging them about where are you going, what are you doing? 
only a very couple of short weeks. And most of the essential truths of the walk with God are in, those, in that. You want to go home today and read from Matthew 21 to Matthew 28 again and let it sink in because Easter is not come and gone. It's a day-to-day life experience for us. He says, he went to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And all of us have a mountain appointed to us. All of us. You know, the mountain talks about a place of decision. How much are you ready to surrender? (laughs) Isn't that amazing thought? How much are you ready to surrender? How much are you ready to let go of? Because Jesus showed them right from day one when he came into Jerusalem, got a, got a, a cord of whips and drove the money changers out and said, hey, well, you've done it this way for I don't know how many hundred years, but you're not doing it this way anymore. My father's house is going to be a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. Something's happened now, and, 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 and the city's not real comfortable with it. Something's happening, I believe, in the spirit realm in the church, even today, that God is demanding people to step up, to take another step, to climb a mountain, to, to stick it, to get out on a limb. Look at this. In verse 17, it says, they went to the mountain that Jesus had appointed in verse 16. And verse 17, then it says, and when they saw him, they worshipped, and some doubted. It would be most unusual in this house this morning if some people don't have some doubts. You can see Jesus. They saw him crucified. They saw, they saw him risen from the dead. They saw him walking on the Sea of Galilee and still didn't get it. I'll say it again. Some of us are like the rest of us. In verse 17, it goes on. He spells out the Great Commission. Go on all the world, make disciples, etc., etc. But you notice this. All that stuff only comes after they climb the mountain. Sometimes we want to do great things for God, but we don't want to climb the mountain. Sometimes we're expecting great things for God in our lives. We're expecting miraculous things to happen in our lives, but we don't want to climb a mountain. But I'm going to tell you, every time I ever see anything in this book, it tells me this, it happened on a mountaintop. Everything happened on a mountaintop. It's amazing that the prophets of Baal killed on the mountaintop. Sometimes you can only slay the things in your life that keep speaking to you and keep controlling you when you want to prepare to climb a mountaintop. All of us have a mountain to climb. I'm amazed at it. It says, a mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Every one of you, no matter what's happening in your life, there's a mountain you're going to have to climb. You can blame the devil. I've got this because the devil did give it to me. I Just have a check for a second and think, maybe it's a mountain God wants me to climb. Maybe it's a mountain God wants me to climb. The Great Commission spelled out, but before that, all of us have a mountain to climb. Even Jesus had a mountain to climb. In an amazing thought. Mountains of self-doubt, says there, some doubted. A parable to the, to the, to the wise and foolish virgins, a mountain to climb. Are you ready? I've got to go and get some more oil. Too late. The parable of the wine dressers. So no, the kingdom is going to be given to those in verse 43. The fruits of righteousness. A mountain to climb. The parable of the wedding feast. Come, come when called, not when you're ready. When I was a kid, I always used to like playing. I was out in the backyard and I was up the tree or I had a billy cart back at my mum's place. There's this big hill that sweeps around. There's a 
there's a private laneway goes behind the shop, so in the afternoons there's no trucks, no nothing. We used to push, pull the billy cart up the hill, and I've got to set these big English pram wheels on the backs. I had a race, a big rake on it. And so I used to rip round the corner and always have gravel rationery, used to bring it up. Um, and, um, and my mother used to yell out, Dinner's ready! Five minutes later, Dinner's ready! If you don't come now, I'm going to put it in the bin! Third time, Dinner's on the table getting cold. I sometimes think if that's not God speaking to us, Dinner's ready, you coming? I've got everything you want, are you coming? Everything's dealt with, are you coming? Are you coming? See, the, the parable of the wedding feast Come when called. But when you come, you've got to be dressed. Few chosen, it's a mountain to climb. Among the last things that Jesus says or does on this earth, I thought this was just fairly spectacular. Among the last things that Jesus does on this earth for his disciples, he tells, climb the mountain. Do you think that's significant? Before he gives them the Great Commission, before he tells them, go on to all the world, I'm going to give you all power and all authority. Before you do that, you better climb this mountain here because he says this is the mountain appointed for you. Easter's come and gone, but all of us have still got mountains to climb. A little while ago, um, another, another, another long weekend, Friday, I can't remember what the holiday was for now. Then I went to, went to the prayer meeting in the morning and then, we, then they said, oh, we're all going for a, a, a walk up at Springbrook. Well, I've never been to Springbrook. Lived in Queensland, Brisbane all my life, but never been to Springbrook. Anyway, so I said, it's just a short, easy, casual walk. I said, oh, beauty. Because I'm not a walker, you know. Why stroll when you can roll? That's what cars are for. <laughs> so, so, so we go along. We don't even take a water bottle, nothing. So, so, so I said, oh, we just walk down here and round and back up again. Oh, beauty. So we go and we take a wrong turn somewhere and we end up way down the bottom, at the bottom, past the waterfall. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll just stay here. I can't walk any further. My ankles, my knees are killing me. I feel like my legs have been chopped off. I don't walk this far ever. Anyway, so I settled in, go and get the car and come back and meet me at the bottom. I said, there's no road at the bottom. You've got to walk back up the top. <laughs> oh, I don't, no, I don't need this. Come on, give me a rest here. And anyway, it was about seven kilometres back and it was all uphill. I had no water. It was January or February. It was stinking hot. I was dying when I got to the top. <gasps> and the coffee shop was closed. <laughs> anyway. I couldn't believe it. I went, said, that's it. That's my bushwalk for this 365 days. And talk to me about bushwalking. I better be flat or the beach. And all of us have mountains to climb. We took a wrong turn. It took a lot longer. Well, you might have taken some wrong turns in your life but you've still got a mountain to climb. And sometimes the only way you're going to get where you want to go is when you climb up there. You know what? The next day I felt brilliant. My knee was a little bit sore, but man, I felt pretty good. I, went, I think I could do that again. And, but I didn't want to. <laughs> I felt like I could do it again, but I was not that stupid. It got, Jesus appointed a mountain to each one of us. Watch a mountain today. It's your health. All of us deal with health issues. What's your mountain today? You've got to start believing God. I'm not saying you're not believing God now, but sometimes just you've got to believe again. Believe again. What's your mountain to climb? I find, you know, Christmas and Easter, I, I have to talk to people more about broken relationships than any other time during the year. Perhaps it's been a broken relationship. 
family relationship that's gone wrong. What's your mountain to climb? What's your mountain to climb? All of us have got them. Jesus says it. The word says it. You can't argue with it. He appointed a mountain to them. Isn't that an amazing thought? Walk too far. Told Linda to go to the, get the car, but there's no easy fix. You know, sometimes we want a quick fix. We walk so far and think, oh, this is too hard. I want to come and get the car. Come and get me. God says, walk the mountain. Climb the mountain. Climb the mountain. Climb the mountain. Your mountain might seem too big. Let's put before you so you climb it. This is the mountain Jesus had appointed them. Wasn't, wasn't put there by the devil. Wasn't put there by circumstance. It wasn't put there by bad luck. It was put there by Jesus so they'd climb it. I, I, I looked at that and looked at that and read that and got 15 different interpretations. You know what? They all said the same thing, climb the mountain. I thought, ah, oh, there'll be, a, there'll be, there'll be a, a new new English version. It'll be much nicer than that, climb the mountain. A revised American standard, that'll be nice. That's, that's, that's not real challenging, climb the mountain. Climb the mountain. I got one of those books that's got 16 versions of the Bible in it. You know what? 15 of them said climb the mountain. I went, oh, I don't like that. Don't laugh, some of us like the rest of us. But you know, there's one thing. If you go to me, Colossians. Now, climbing the mountain, things get in our way. When I was climbing at Springbrook, I noticed at the end my legs were getting tired and I was tripping over rocks. Just, you know, it's like, oh, I can't hardly lift my leg anymore. God spoke these words to me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements against you, that which was contrary to you, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Whatever stops you climbing your mountain, whatever stops you climbing your mountain, you need to believe today, it says, the word says, and he has, past tense, he has taken it out of the way. Whatever hinders you today being the person that God wants you to be, it says, he took it out of the way, and Easter, which we're all remembering, and nailed it to a cross. A number of years ago, we had a big cross in our church and we were doing healing rallies at the time. And I was saying to people, I said, what you need today? And we gave them all pieces of yellow paper with thumbtacks and we put them on the cross. You came out and you put it on the cross. You put it on the cross. We prayed for that for a month. We put them on the cross because Jesus nailed it to the cross. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that just a, a, a mind-blowing thought? Whatever is hindering you from climbing your mountain that says, he has taken it out of the way. And verse 15 goes on and says, Having disarmed principalities, powers, he made a public spectacle of them, trying over them in it. You know that word disarmed there means annihilated. Same word. If you look in the Hebrew, you look in the Greek, it's the same word, annihilated. And having annihilated principalities and powers, because he told them if you go just... Back there in Matthew, I was and said, All power and authority I give unto you. Remember? Right before the end of part of the Great Commission, he says, And having annihilated 
principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them. He wiped them out. He wiped out whatever hinders you from climbing your mountain today. Whatever stops you getting above your circumstance, whatever stops you getting above the things of life, whatever tries to pull you down or hold you down, it says, Jesus said he took it out of the way and he nailed it to the cross. Boy, sure is quiet in this here church. He took it out of the way. Now, I'm a male, and I like for any excuse how to get it out of the garden, and I hate gardening. My idea of gardening is in concrete and roundup. If you can't mow it, whip a snippet, or poison it, it ain't in my yard. I hate gardening. I think gardening's the biggest waste of time that ever was created. But anyway. <laughs> now, now, look. I appreciate people that have great gardens. I, I, I go to, we used to go, we lived in Toowoomba for a couple of years. I love gardens, a lovely look at, but not in my yard. <laughs> you drive down the street and say, oh, rental house, rental house, mix house, rental house, rental mix, mix, no. I don't like gardens, doing gardening. I love gardens, but I don't like doing gardening. And that's like some of us. We like we want what we want, but we don't like the process to get there. We, we want what we want, but we don't like the process of getting there. You know, I've sensed in this place this morning, the songs we sang, man. Leaving my life behind, the first song said. Leaving my life behind. These 12 disciples, think about this for a minute. They walked three years with Jesus. They'd seen him dead. They'd seen him risen up. And then he comes along and tells them, well, they've got a change in their life. Oh, thanks, I didn't really need it. I thought I'd been faithful. Just get off my case, please. Then he gives them, he said, I want you to climb up here with me. Oh, come on, Lord, we climbed up one mountain with you this week already. You want to climb another one? Climb up here with me. And it says, and even then some doubted. We don't like all the things we hear. We don't like all the things this book says us to do. Come on. I've been saved 37, 38 years. And I still find challenges in this book. I read Proverbs every morning before I go to work, or every midnight before I go to work, I read Proverbs. And I said, love those that spitefully use you and do this, and those that speak against you. I go to my workplace and think, oh God, you're talking to me again this morning. You know that bloke down there, I feel like I want to choke him, but anyway, I can't because I'm his boss. Every day there's a challenge. Every single day you'll have a mountain to climb. And you know about climbing mountains? They're not comfortable. They're not easy. Sometimes they're painful. Sometimes you'll fall over and skin your kneecaps. Or in my case, I fell over and skinned my kneecaps and my hands because I put my hands out to stop me falling over on the rocks, which was not a smart move. That's telling me how you break your wrists. But Jesus said, a mountain was appointed to them. This morning, while the musicians come, I have a sense that, that there's people here this morning and you just need someone to encourage you to climb your mountain. 
you're here this morning and you're believing God for something that, that it, it just you're going round and round and not getting there. I want to just pray with you and agree with you this morning that you've taken everything in your life and you've nailed it to the cross. You say, Lord, I'm holding this thing up for you today and you can nail it. Well, he says he took it and he nailed it to the cross. He took it and he nailed it to the cross. Think about that. Lord, I'm bringing this thing to you this morning in prayer. Lord, I want you to nail it to the cross. Lord, I'm, taking, I'm climbing this mountain today. Lord, I'm taking this stuff that gets in the way and I'm, Lord, I'm believing with your word and you'll nail it to the cross. There's people like that this morning. I want you to come. I want to pray with you this morning. We've got time to minister. I believe the Holy Ghost is speaking to people. I said this morning about, even at this Easter, there's been relationships that have just gone haywire. I have a sense there's people dealing with health issues. Even since someone's got some huge financial decisions they've got to make in the next week or so. Then I believe this morning that God wants to meet with you and change you. Thanks, guys. While the musicians are singing this morning, if you want prayer that for any reason whatsoever, if you have neither healing in your body, we will anoint you with oil. I'll get the elders to come with me and we will pray and believe God for you this morning. Because I have a sense that every, there's a number of people here this morning with a mountain to climb in their lives. And we want you to agree with you. God has taken it out of the way and you can climb. Why don't you come this morning? Come on, come now. God's calling you. The Holy Ghost is speaking to your hearts. Speak into your hearts right now. Thank you, Jesus.